All right, how are you all doing today? Yeah, I'm good. That's uh, that sounds like a Thursday, I guess. Um, so today it's just a little bit different. We've got a different projector and everything because the fort is using um, our stuff for their worship night tonight. So everything is just looking a little bit different in how we've kind of transitioned out of worship and, and all of that. But without a title up there, we are talking about um, how do I nourish my relationship with God? How do I have relationship with God? And that, that was part of your devos this morning as well. And so we'll talk about what it means to have a relationship with God and how to grow towards Him. And, and the main thing is that relationship with God is constantly growing towards Him and who He is. And now that's very vague, and it doesn't really paint a good picture of, of what intimacy with God is. Um, so we're going to take a couple steps back, um, just so that we know, like right from the get-go, uh, we do not make our relationship with God right. It is not us that has done that. It is Jesus who has worked um, and has died on the cross so that we may have a new life, and that he has made our relationship with God right. Now, um, with us, we, we can grow in relationship with God, but it's not, it's that like God is always actively working in our lives um, to transform us and to work us to, to change us and to make us more like Jesus. Um, so there's parts of things that we do, uh, but I just also want, to, want you all to know it's not just our works that changes things. So taking that a couple of steps back, um, you know, I've had a lot of different people in my life that have helped me grow into the person I am today. They've given me wisdom when I didn't know what to do. They've been people I could be completely vulnerable to, and they have been helpful for me to be able to see my blind spots and the places where I'm weak and the ugly parts of my heart that is sinful. They've helped me to see that and, and notice that. The relationship that I have built with them is filled with communication and growth. And as I get to know them, they've gotten to know me as well. And so a certain amount of intimacy grows between people because between us, because I'm able to share with them. I'm actually able to talk to them and listen to what they have to say back to me. And for all of you, that could be different people in your life. That could be friends, it could be pastors, it could be youth leaders, uh, mentors, family friends. It could be all sorts of people um, that you have grown in relationship with. But I bet that that relationship that you have with them took time to form. Time to form. It did not just spring up suddenly. Um, but I want you to think about that intimacy that you had in that relationship and how that formed, and just ask the question of, do you have that type of intimacy with God? So in the Bible, God describes himself as our father. Like a lot of times there's a lot of different names given to him, like the God who sees us, the God who cares, and the God who knows us intimately, who answers even those prayers that we, find, that we think are so insignificant, like, I just really need to find my wallet today. Or he's, he's said to know us completely and fully, Every thought of ours, he knows. He knows when we went to bed. He knows when we got up. He knows when we ate. He knows everything about us. He really knows us. And now we get to grow with him and get to know him intimately as well because of the work that Jesus has done. And that is in part our relationship with God and what it means to be a Christian. And so being a Christian is not just about following the rules that we have and, and trying to find out what those rules are um, or just... It's not just about trying to clean up your life or trying to be better or be a nicer person. It is actually about living a life that is completely submitted to Jesus. As we talked about with Jesus' Lordship this week, he is our number one and, and nothing else. So then the question isn't just, am I allowed to insert action here, do this or not? 
The question actually becomes, Jesus, what can I do to know you more and submit more of my life to you? And so we've covered quite a bit of um, sin and the issues that that brings um, a couple weeks ago. Um, But I also want to read from John 15 about what God has prepared for us. It isn't just about fixing the problem of sin with us. It's that restoration of relationship. And so if you want to turn to John chapter 15, I'm going to read from a little later in, in it, from verse 11. But in this chapter, Jesus is calling us to remain in him. That apart from him, we can do nothing like we have on the wall there. That is the memory verse for the camp as well. Um, And then a little later in verse 11, he says this. So I'm going to start reading from there. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love is no one than this to lay down one life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. I find that Pretty amazing that God is calling us to, to remain in him because He want, the joy that he has, he wants to make complete in us. That he doesn't call us servants anymore, but that he calls us friends. That that's the type of relationship that he's calling us towards. And that is what we live toward by having relationship with God. We're, we're looking forward to that and moving in that direction. So how? How does Jesus become the Lord of my life? How do I have this intimate relationship with God and how do I actually get to, to know God and, and it's difficult it takes time um, it isn't just one thing that you get to do the saying the right words or something it, it's a time it takes time to form a, a relationship just as it takes time as we form relationships with friends and uh, other people in our lives so we're going to turn to Luke um, chapter 8 my bookmark disappeared so I'm gonna have to try and find that quickly um, but before we turn it Uh, before we actually read that, I want you to think about um, two things. What stirs your heart for Jesus? What in your life have you been able to identify that, you know, those are the times they're actually able to connect more with God? Um, What were you doing? Uh, What was happening around you? In which context was it? Um, Try and think about those things. And then secondly, also think about what steals your heart away from Jesus. Where were you? What were you doing? What was going on around you? Try and think about those things. And then I'm going to start reading in Luke chapter 8, one verse, starting in verse, one, uh, starting in verse 4, actually, sorry. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell among the path. It was tr- trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. His disciples asked him what this parable meant, and he said, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you, But to others I speak in parables, so that those seeing they may not see, though hearing they may not understand. 
This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are those who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the, the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce produce a crop. And so we are the soils in this parable. We are um, the different parts that are receiving God's word. And so if we take a look at each of them, um, it starts with the path. And, and Jesus explains that these are the people who do not understand. And then Satan comes and takes the word away, um, which honestly kind of sounds unfair. Like, shouldn't, shouldn't they have a chance to understand before it gets taken away? But in Matthew, where the same parable is found, we also read that they, they do not understand, and it's because of their, that they don't understand that it gets taken away. But we can pray for understanding. We can ask God to help us to understand. We're always looking for that full understanding before we actually step out in a step of faith um, towards God. But we don't always fully see or actually know how all of it's going to work. And so do not let yourself be prevented from coming to God if you don't understand, but ask God for that understanding. And it's easy, it's easy to dismiss what we don't understand. Um, so just be sure that you don't dismiss this just because there's some things that don't seem to click yet. It comes with time. It comes with as that relationship forms. Um, the next one is the rocky ground. And then, and then Jesus says here that these are the people who receive God's word with joy, but then during difficult times they fall away because they have no root. You know, we root ourselves by pursuing Christ. It is that continual understanding that we need him and that we recognize that he has authority over our lives, like the lordship of Jesus that we talked about this week. And if we are not rooted in Christ and the promises that he tells us, then we find that we will be quickly pulled away into other directions. And, you know, just a question from this. Do you find that you're rooted? Are there challenges that you think you might face or are there challenges in your life already that makes it seem so difficult just to follow God or makes it feel like you're moving away from God? And then we continue towards the thorns. And Jesus says, this is the worries of the world. And he lists three here. It's money, power, and pleasure. And this looks like knowing God, but then you find other things um, that you want to place first. It becomes very easy to forget about God's promises, to forget about what God has said because of the worries of this world. It means that you start to place money as more important than God or pleasure. And that could really be anything that we've pl placed. Or, or worrying about your future plans or what, what is going to come next. If that's overemphasized, it's very easy for us to forget about everything that God has said to us, uh, that he is a comfort and security towards us. And then Jesus talks about good soil. And the few things that he identifies is that those who are noble and of good, good of heart, who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. And that is why we, we read the Bible. That is why we pray. That's why that's always said and, and the, the easy answer towards uh, how do we grow? It's, it's through reading our Bible and praying. But it's because of um, this. It's the way that we are actually reminded about the truths of, of what God says about us and what God says about this world and each and every one of us. That's how we're reminded about that. Because we have been taught so many lies uh, about ourselves and about this world. 
We've been told that success means being seen and looked up to by, by everybody, but it's, but it's empty. Um, we've been told that being rich and comfortable is the best thing that we can ever look for, look forward to, but Jesus is our greatest comfort and security. We've been told that myself is the one, number one person to make happy, and the pursuit of myself um, means nothing else matters. But real joy and happiness comes through loving God and loving others, and that is a love that is self-giving, that is constantly pursuing God. We've been told that we can make it as long as we try our hardest, but we're told that but we are incapable and imperfect, and we cannot make ourselves holy or even grow towards God. We've been told that power happens through force, but Jesus tells us that power comes through sacrifice and generosity. It is only because of Jesus and following Jesus and submitting to Jesus that we are actually able to grow towards God, and not in our own strength. And by reading the Bible and praying and knowing um, the truth, we are able to actually unlearn the lies that we have been told as we've grown up. Um, but this requires a bit of a different approach by us than just you know, trying to tell ourselves, oh, we need to do this, we need to do this. Um, so if you, just, if you have your Bibles out, just turn back one page to Luke chapter 7. I'm going to read from, from verse 1 to 10. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion's servant whom his master valued highly was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this he was amazed at him and turning to the crowd, to the crowd following him he said I tell you I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the man who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. And so the centurion presents us with this approach to Jesus and to God that is crucial for us to know and apply to our own lives. The centurion is humble and recognizes his state. He recognizes that he's unworthy to even come to Jesus. But he still knows that he needs Jesus. He came to Jesus recognizing that that is a need in his life. And he also recognized Jesus' authority over everything. He actually understood what, how Jesus' authority worked. And a lot of times through in the New Testament, the people who understand what Jesus' authority meant, um, they notice it, they see. They're the ones who, coming, who come to him desperate, asking for healing and asking for growth. So growing in relationship with God starts with this attitude. It starts with that recognition of Jesus' authority over us, just like we explain a lot more in, in the Lordship Chapel. And it's a recognition of our un ongoing need for him. It's a continued pursuit to put Christ first in our lives, to put Jesus first above all else. And we do this because he has promised us true life and he has given us the gift of forgiveness. He promises that his joy will be our joy and that we will be friends of God. And so we grow by having that, by pursuing in that way, an ongoing pursuit of recognizing that we need him and that we need to go to him and we need to know him and grow towards him. And that ha does happen through reading our Bible and prayer but it's also remembering that God is faithful and that he, has, he starts a work in us and that he is faithful to complete it. 
that he works with us and grows us and transforms us as we go on. So I'm just going to pray, and then we'll end. Uh, dear God, thank you so much uh, for our day. Thank you for this time that we can come to you and worship you. Um, I just pray that as we, as we go from here that we know that you are God who speaks and that we are able to listen, that you have made a way for us to be able to approach you and to listen to you and to know who you are and how you work in our lives. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will be working in our hearts um, to open us up, to show us the places that we can bring our sorrows, sorrows and our troubles towards you. Just pray for the rest of this night that you will be with us and guide us. I pray this all in your name. Amen.